This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends and co-workers get together and we try an oftentimes questionable coffee and commit to giving it no bad reviews. We are pals, we work together, and we also work in the coffee industry, so uh, we know a thing or two about coffee. I'm Jenny and I manage all of the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. And I'm Marcus, and I am also a worker at Modest Coffee, except this week I've been running around doing stuff. Like roasting like, in the warehouse? Like roasting and green coffee buying and uh, working at farmer's markets. You know, getting out, the, hitting the, pounding the flesh, Jenny. Wait, pounding the flesh? I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 Haven't you guys ever heard that? <laughs> Meeting people? It's, a, it's an expression. <laughs> dirty nope. that's like <laughs> it's not dirty no 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 i think you mean pounding the pavement that's what you're talking about because pounding the flesh <laughs> there's another handshake word with flesh in it i've been fucking this week let me tell you <laughs> i'm like turning red right now on your behalf <laughs> pounding the pavement that's, ex- that's yep. the one uh-huh that's better pounding the pavement <laughs> oh my god yeah. all right pressing the flesh there, that's, that's the that's one. what, what? Yeah. pressing the flesh that's yeah. a handshake that's fine that's he can that. Yeah. that sounds disgusting. Yeah, too. sorry. Pounding the flesh is a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I introduce myself? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Marcus. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I just—I'm not even going to say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my God! I'm like trying. Oh, Stephanie, what do you do? I do. Um... Why are you here? <laughs> I am questioning life. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also work at Modest Coffee. I'm an honorary colonel at Modest Coffee. I found out our new employee of the month also would now like to be referred to as Colonel. <laughs> yeah, so at work, Kaya is like, hey, Colonel Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> she commands that she is also called Colonel Kaya by Stephanie. <laughs> they have this little like Colonel's Club, Colonel's Only. Oh, I like that, Colonel's Club. We're going to start <laughs> having lunches and things, I think. <laughs> I, I told that. her when she turns 16 and can drive, she can have a parking space on the other side of the parking lot, just like Steph. <laughs> and Kai was like, really? And I was like, yeah, you only have to walk like half a mile to get to the door. Look, as long as it has her name on it, I don't think she cares. Yes. So that's me. I don't know. I've been labeling a lot of bags this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I filled that whole Meyer order. Yeah. I've been working hard. You did a lot of work this week. Mm-hmm. I'll be the employee of the month again soon. <laughs> right back from vacation. You right, right back, back into, into it. it. Not even a day off. Uh-uh. No clean laundry. Ooh, Ooh. sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you my vacation tip. My biggest vacation tip is wash all of your laundry before you come back. It was two hotels that I was in last yeah. week. So there weren't, I don't think there were laundry facilities. Oh. I wasn't going to waste my time on that shit. Yeah. Wash in the sink? Oh, come on. No. Okay. Prison style? Yeah. 
Yeah. I f- I, I'll just wear dirty clothes to work. It's fine. It's fine. We don't <laughs> mind. We're just happy you're there. <laughs> dirty, clean. I don't care. Just glad you showed up. Exactly. I washed my hands. It's fine. So uh, I guess we could get into business. Today, I'm just going to ask for likes, reviews um, on the podcasting apps, and for you to share our podcast with somebody you think might enjoy it. Today's listener challenge. Yeah, listener <laughs> challenge day. All right. Tell a friend. Yeah, exactly. Just challenge yourself. You don't need a prize. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Challenge yourself to do it and then give yourself a prize. Whatever you want. <laughs> Buy yourself some drip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself. With some modi- with some uh, No Bad Reviews merch. There it is. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yes. So yeah, that's you that. You can have your cake and eat it too, Jenny. There you go. Okay. So that's all of my business. Steph says she has some clarifications, and I'm really happy that you're going to get to the bottom of one of my clarifications that I've been trying to clarify. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll talk about Wicked Pissa one more time, I guess. Sorry, and- everybody. We're just really <laughs> obsessed with this. I don't understand how Pisser is good. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is like linguistically, how did Pisser go from Pissa? Well, Pissa is just like a Boston way of saying Pisser. Yeah, it's just the pronunciation. Yeah. Oh. It means Pisser. Oh. Pissers are usually bad. Right. But if you wanted to refer to like a penis as a Pisser, Maybe that's good. It depends on the penis. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably most people who have a penis think it's pretty good, though. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Look, don't <laughs> tell me about your penises. <laughs> <laughs> Write to us about your penis and no, tell don't. us exactly how you feel. <laughs> Send not a necessary. picture of your penis to hello at no bad. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Considering I'm the one who generally checks the emails, please don't do this to me. No dick pics. I'm not asking for them. Just write for Marcus. In the subject line. Marcus wants to see those. Here's a wicked pisser for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys don't understand what you're doing. This is not going to work out. This is going to be bad. I know. Maybe Marcus is going to have to cut this. (laughs) Okay, please. I prefer uncut. Thank you. Wait, what? Are we still talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is happening? All right. We okay. are not off to a great start. I don't know. It's be that kind of episode. <sighs> you can do your best to try to stop it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave this to be this kind of an intro. <laughs> okay, so wicked was, like, not a nice word either. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've lost my train of thought with all the penis talk. <laughs> All right, so wicked comes from Wicca, which is old English for witch, right? Mm. So, and not not in like a fun way. Not like you're an herbalist, you're a witch, you're my friend. Like evil, bad, devilish, burn you at the stake. Like from back in the day when witches weren't cool, <laughs> they were always cool. <laughs> Apparently, wicked was first used as slang, ironically, to mean wonderful by F. Scott Fitzgerald in 1920. Wow. So that's kind of the origin of that. And then pisser is Old English for unpleasant or painful. And then... um, Interesting. Old... I have to say, Old English is fascinating. (laughs) Words are crazy. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It's interesting how they get turned. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, pisser, the Massachusetts accent just drops the R. And then it was just used slangly in an ironic way to mean good. And wicked means very, right? So wicked pissa means very good. 
But now it's being used sarcastically. So it's being like turned around again. So like when you say wicked pissa, it can mean very good, but often it means, oh, that's just great. Like sarcastic very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh All right. Okay. So it's a very dynamic word. I mean, it feels like it keeps flip-flopping, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, so so like so many other phrases and whatnot, contextual, and then also, you know, your tone of voice and your facial expression and the whole context of the conversation. So it's kind of here, like in Chicago, how we say sneak past you, but nobody actually ever sneaks past you. Yeah. That's like like the whole Midwest thing, though. Yeah. I don't know if we say anything. There's no sneaking involved, though. Like nobody like, you know, hides behind a corner and like... I don't think it's quite exactly the same. I, I was just know. trying to think of a stand-in. Yeah, we don't have anything like that. No wicked pissa. No, no wicked pissa. Hmm. It's uh, like it's something that's like a it's different because language. Because here in Chicago, we fucking say what we mean and we mean what we say. Damn it! None of this like making shit up and changing. Ironic. Ironic. Sarcastic. Although I would disagree because Steph was just like when you sarcastically say like, "Oh well, that's great." Yeah. Well, it's like, "Oh well, wicked pissa." Mm-hmm, they say mm-hmm. that. Sarcasm is the humor of the weak-minded. Really? Who said that? I the internet. <laughs> Show me. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We got our own little urban dictionary here. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, I uh, I wanted to talk about the Aldi episode just for a second. Ooh. I forgot that I had a friend who worked at corporate Aldi headquarters mm-hmm. for a minute. Did um, you get a cease and desist letter? Is n- that no, no, no. Why? <laughs> and I don't think she listens to the podcast either, but sh- I um, I shared it on social media and she commented, the only products that Aldi manufactures themselves are chocolate and coffee, huh. which wow. I did not know. And I find it interesting because both of those industries have some real issues with labor practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just bringing this up as like, maybe we need a second episode somewhere down the line where we look a little further into that specifically, the coffee, the chocolate, and how exactly Aldi is doing this. So. Yeah, I wonder if we could do like a little bonus episode on it if there was enough information there. Yeah. So I'll look into That's that good. at some point yeah. soon. Awesome. Not this week. I'm busy this week, but yeah. at some point soon. Well, when we're all caught up on episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like and caught up on recording. And everything else yeah. in our lives that need to Once be in laundry. Once we're caught up on our life, yeah. laundry. <laughs> yeah. This now, literally what I'm wearing, is the last clean outfit. I love that shirt. You should just wear it Wear it for the next couple days. I know. I thought yeah. you were just being like really summery today. No. No. <laughs> okay, so um, we talked about World War II in that all the episode and oh, yeah that's right um you know i assumed that some world war ii expert would get in touch with me and tell me what i said wrong did that just end up being yourself it ended up being my loving partner jason okay. oh who very sweetly and lovingly said to me how the fuck do you not know that russia was an allied power in world war ii huh. he was like angry <laughs> that they switch sides, though. Right. Yeah. Right. How are yeah, we supposed to know? Do we look like we've completed college? <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's, here's what Jason has to say about World War II, just to, just to make sure that everyone hears his opinion about the whole thing. Oh, okay. Thanks, Jason. FDR, Stalin, and Churchill 
That was like the president of the U.S. and the whatever of Great Britain and Stalin was king of the Soviet Union or whatever. <laughs> you see how accurate this is already. <laughs> so those were the three allied powers. Like, I don't know. I thought France was in there. Were they not even fighting? Did they oh, not France even have had an army? Long time oh, ago. they surrendered. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's At right. Stage okay. In the game. See yeah. how well this Ooh. clarification is going. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. But what about Britain? Oh, you just yeah. said Britain. So... Wait, there was only three countries right. fighting the, Germany? I thought there were more, too. I don't know. So I feel like maybe those were like the three leaders that were perhaps not occupied by Germany, but maybe they were still allied, like France and Poland. And There was resistance, but there was no army. According to the Internet, three countries were That's the it. allied forces. That's all. France yeah. didn't have any soldiers? They were totally overrun by Germany. I do remember reading a book that was set in World War II, and there was a big... It was about, like, the resistance mm. yeah, and there was movement in France. Yeah, plenty of resistance, yeah. Yeah, the underground resistance right. movement in France. It was really yeah. interesting. But, yeah, not, like, an army and leadership and an yeah, actual... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but the Germans, when they took over a country, they they part of taking over this Blitzkrieg is they moved Germans in to then occupy. Fuck, man. I know. They were fucking, they weren't fucking around. No, war, they really you weren't. You know what? War sucks. So a lot. FDR really wanted to keep the Allied powers together. Like, he really wanted to keep the three amigos <laughs> working together after the end of World War II, but he died. He died in 1945, and Truman took over, and Truman was like, hmm, I don't really like Stalin, so I'm not into this. And then Churchill didn't get reelected. So that's how the Allied agreement kind of fell apart. And that's how they ended up we ended up in the Cold War. So the Cold War started in 1947 eh, to 1950. 1950 is when North Korea invaded South Korea. And that's when the U.S. took the side of South Korea and Russia took the side of North Korea. And that was like oh. really the end oh. of any hope for reconciliation. Who took over after Stalin? Do you know? We, I guess <sighs> we just really need... a. World War II specialist in here. So Cold War starts 1947-ish. It's in 1961 that Dwight Eisenhower gives that farewell address where he warns about the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Which brings us to January 2022 when Biden passed the biggest military budget ever. $407 billion of public funds to private weapons makers. That's a whole lot of money. That's in one year. And when I say private weapons makers, I mean, I'm talking about like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon. Raytheon yeah. But also like, North I noticed that like Halliburton wasn't on the list. Halliburton is not a weapons manufacturer. They're like an electric. Oil and gas. Yeah. yeah. So like this $407 billion doesn't even include... Like, the money going to, like, other people who are supporting the war effort without being actual weapons managers. We're talking about the war in Ukraine? No, we're talking about the U.S. war machine. Okay, because I know that they kept increasing the military budget because of the war in Ukraine. Well, we have plenty of money to spend on that without increasing the military budget. It's Anyways, I just want to, there's a lot of presidents um, after, what's his face? After uh, Stalin, there's, mm. like, a bunch of them. And, like, mm, you know, none of them are particularly... There's, like, there's like 15 of them. There's a ton of them. Okay. So I'm not going to go through that whole list. No. But I do want to say that the leaders of Russia go all the way back to, like, the 800s. 
Mm. That's fucking yeah. old. The czars and shit. Well, even yeah, before right, fucking... czars. Yeah, no, it's the it's the, the ancient Rus. Okay. That's what it's called before the czars. Czars didn't even come around till like the 1500s. Wow. wow. And then grand dukes, a bunch of grand dukes, and then we get to the czars. Dang. Russian history, Ugh. wild. I like, can't wow. even. I feel like you could be a historian of Russian history and never even know all of it. Barely scratch the Crazy. surface. Crazy. I feel like this is um, an appropriate time to drink some whiskey. <laughs> Already. <laughs> There's the clarifications. Let's definitely Consider put an the, end to that. <laughs> the butter clarified. <laughs> Great. All right. right. Well, are we ready to get into today's episode? Yes, please. Okay, so so hopefully this won't be a hot mess. I'm trying to... um, So a while back, we wanted to do an episode about Juneteenth because Juneteenth is such a new national holiday. I know I hadn't heard of it before like a couple of years ago. And I think that there's a lot of history there that I wanted to know and understand. And then I thought that, you know, we'd find a black-owned coffee roaster, too, to go along Mm -hmm. with that. But we were in the midst of insanity. So you're getting it right after the 4th of July, which is actually hilarious because in my research, Glenn Beck, I decided to (laughs) listen to an episode he had about how liberals are trying to make Juneteenth the new 4th of July. Huh. Which I was like, I don't think that's true, man. And so I tried listening to it because he, like, oh, at the beginning of the episode was like, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff about Juneteenth, um, and I'm taking it very seriously. And I'm like, okay. So you were, and like, taking notes. I was like, well, I was like, look, I'm not here to judge. Like, maybe Glenn Beck has something. <laughs> All right. I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe he's got something interesting to say. Sure, it's possible. So I mean, at what point is CRT now moving into holidays? I don't I don't even understand <laughs> critical race theory. I don't understand what people are so upset about. Look, I'm pretty sure that there is like a whole faction of media that is just getting him riled up because I listened to it for about five minutes. It, his whole podcast was so convoluted, the five minutes that I listened to. He kept like bouncing around topics and... And then he started saying some shit that was kind of racist and I was like, I got to turn this shit off. But then I tried listening to it again, a different episode that he put out this year, and it was about Juneteenth, an idiot's guide to Juneteenth. And like... Oh, he's come around. Glenn Beck has come around. Well, that's what I thought. But then he just started reading the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wrong holiday, man. Wait, so you're saying Glenn Beck is trying to turn the 4th of July into a Juneteenth holiday. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what the fuck this man's doing. And then he started, like, rambling on about, like, CNN, and I don't know what the fuck that man was talking about. I tried even, like, jumping ahead to see, like, where are you going to talk about the idiot's guide to Juneteenth and Mm. didn't find it. Mm. So look how much I tried for this episode. (laughs) So I would recommend not seeking out Glenn Beck (laughs) if you want to learn about Juneteenth. Like I said, I tried to be balanced in my I'm curious, research. Like, how did you, you? Was he like on the first page of Google? Is that why you clicked no, on it? No, you like, know what happened how was. How did you get to? I was doing deliveries one day, and I was like, "This would be a great time for me to find some episodes, like some podcast episodes about Juneteenth." And um, like, he just popped up in the in the search, 
And I was like, in this episode did, and I was like, all right, um, we'll see what this guy has to say. Because like the text even said, like, learn the true history of Juneteenth. And I'm like, like, this is some algorithm manipulation going on here. I just wanted to try to get a comprehensive understanding. Look, well, I'm not biased. Look, I want to give everybody a fair shot. He gave you the truth, just whether or not you wanted to drink it. No, he didn't even give me any truth. He just gave me a bunch of like random ramblings and like sarcastic screaming. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're even talking about. Like, I literally could not follow anything he was saying. Like, he just like jumped around and like his sarcasm voice is very similar to his regular voice. So I was like trying to parse out, is he being serious or not here? You got to go back a few episodes to like really get the inside. Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody who like listens to him on a regular basis can kind of discern what the fuck he's talking about. I don't know. He makes a lot of money from screaming into a microphone. So, I mean, he's got something figured out, but yep. don't, I didn't even realize he was still He's got a podcast. Around. I don't know if he's got a radio program anymore. Mm. He's just or he's just branched out on his own. So anyways, Glenn Beck's prophecy that liberals are trying to replace 4th of July with Juneteenth has come true as this episode is coming out the day after 4th of July. <laughs> well, uh, whatever, Glenn Beck. Don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> I will recommend a really great episode um, of a podcast called Pass the Mic. This guy named Jamar Tisby is um, a historian. He's a writer. He's an author. He's like written numerous articles. I think this Pass the Mic podcast is maybe based in black christianity like that realm of religion but he did this great episode on juneteenth that really gave me a lot of interesting information and a really great framework for further research and then also there is another podcast episode annette gordon she is a pulitzer prize winner she's a professor at harvard a black woman who's from texas whose family members of course like most black people in america were slaves and she put out a book like a year ago and terry gross interviewed her for fresh air mm. both of those great listen to those if you want to listen to some interesting things cool yeah so uh juneteenth celebrated now national holiday and i think we should go back a little bit before we get to juneteenth and just talk a little bit about the civil war because i think there's a a lot of misperceptions about the civil war as well that i had and i think probably most of us yeah and this is pre-internet pre-cell phones pre-communications so it's like shit just took a while to spread well, yeah, I mean, there's that. Definitely that's um, a thing. So, like, the United States Civil War, the American Civil War, ended in 1865, April 9th. And then June 19th, 1865, is when there was this General Order Number 3 that told the Texans, which was the last of the slave states, to find out and let the slaves know, hey, you guys are freed. Emancipation Proclamation, like, people are like, that freed the slaves. But Emancipation Proclamation actually didn't free the slaves. So the Emancipation Proclamation was kind of more like, it felt a little bit more like a political stunt to me on Abraham Lincoln's behalf. So Abraham Lincoln did not, he was like not cool with slavery. He like felt like it was a moral wrong. Nobody should own slaves. Nobody should own people. Did he feel that way? Yeah. Okay. Like his first priority was keeping the United States going. You know, we're like a pretty new country. Yeah. So that was his first priority. And so the Emancipation Proclamation only technically freed the slaves in the Confederate states. This also I had no idea. The 
civil war had already been going for two years before the Emancipation Proclamation. So, like, for years, decades before the Civil War started, people are already like, hey, this whole slavery thing is really not cool. But it's, like, the economic like driver of the United States economy is this free labor from slaves. And so like people in the North and wherever people are like, slavery is not cool. And then the South is like, fuck you, man. These are like, we paid for these people. They're our workers. So going back to it, it's often referred to as like race-based chattel slavery is like the most specific way to describe uh, slavery in the United States. So it's race-based based on the fact that you're black and then chattel, which is, um, you know, it means that you're property, kind of like the word cattle. You're basically treated as cattle or other, some sort of other livestock. So the slave owners are buying and selling enslaved people when enslaved people are born on the plantation, just like a cow. That's exactly how they were treated. So if somebody goes to farmers and they're like, hey, it's not cool to own cows, you got to give up all your cows. Like the people who are like, well, I bought all these cows are going to be pissed. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what happened. And so people are like super defensive about people taking their rights away or whatever, or taking away their, their money. Taking away their freedom. Oddly. Yeah. You're upset about that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. These slave owners didn't view the enslaved people as people. They viewed them as cattle. And so... Um, which, I mean, but which was a choice that they made right i mean i mean so it's i'm not defending this by any means i'm just getting to how like i'm setting the the stage for why people were pissed and so when abraham lincoln got elected he was like i'm an abolitionist and so when he got elected southern states were like fuck this we secede we don't want to be a part of your bullshit anymore if this abolitionist is going to be president well bye and so so, it wasn't even the law it was just the fact that this guy felt this way uh uh-huh yeah and so they were like they could see a tide was turning and they're like well we're going to go start our own country so yeah it's like 1861 when the civil war starts emancipation proclamation isn't made until 1863 so that's a couple of years so the civil war has been going and abraham lincoln's like well i have to like keep support up for this war so he only frees the slaves quote unquote says he's freeing them in the confederate states but if you're in a border state like Mm. kentucky missouri maryland washington dc all of those places you could still have your slaves because they were allied with the union and abraham lincoln didn't want to piss them off that's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. And then he was like, if slaves can escape to places where slavery's already been abolished, you can then join up with the war effort. Stop being a slave and become a soldier. Yeah, What exactly. a great trade. <laughs> exactly. So the entire Emancipation Proclamation really rested on the outcomes of the Civil War. Even, so like a lot of the states, border states like Maryland, for example, and Washington, D.C., were like, you know what? We see it coming. Let's start working on like a transitioning away from slavery uh, plan. So they all started transitioning and like had these rules like year by year or some some of it was based on like the age of the slaves. Then they would become free at like say 21 years old or whatever. Um, But like Kentucky, even after this whole Juneteenth stuff went down, war is over. Kentucky did not give up slavery until the 13th Amendment was passed Mm. in December of 1865. Because they were exempted from the Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. That yeah. is 
And it's crazy. Totally crazy. And I found all of this to be really mind-boggling and did a ton of research and dug really deep. Like, I was like, wait a second. And it was kind of hard to find some, some of this reason, information. I thought Kentucky was a northern state. I thought Kentucky was like anti-slavery all the way. Mm-mm. They were like a last holdout. Jesus. Yeah. I just learned something new today. It's crazy, huh? Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Civil War is going on. The whole entire fate of the Emancipation Proclamation rests on whether or not the Civil War is won. Because you cannot enforce this because those people are at war with you. It obviously had a big um, impact on people because people are like, well, now... You know, I can like yeah, it's official. It's official, and slaves are like, you know, people who have escaped or people who are abolitionists. Like that says, like, hey, this person is committed to it, even though there was no meaningful change. The Civil War ends April 9th, eighteen sixty-five, is when General E. Lee surrendered, and so then we have Juneteenth happening just a couple of months later. Word did travel slowly, so effectively, the Emancipation Proclamation goes into effect. When the Civil War ends, all of the slaves in those states are now free. And then there's General Gordon Granger is the one who issues General Order Number 3 on June 19th, 1865. And this is what he says. Um, He issues this proclamation that tells the slaves they're free. But it's kind of fucked up. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. So everybody's equal. All your shit, it's all equal between the masters and the slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. So effectively, all of the enslaved people are now paid. Yes, they have to be paid and they are now employees. That's all good, right? This is all good. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. <laughs> so, yes, you're free, but maybe don't go anywhere or do anything with your freedom. Oh, boy. Are they, are they, did they have a federal minimum wage yet? <laughs> I also thought about that and I don't know because okay. I didn't learn. Yeah. I didn't, I, that was one thing I forgot to Google, but my, I say probably not. Oh yeah. my I don't God. think that happened until still children started burning in factories in New right. York. And they're like labor standards. Okay. Uh, oh. Yeah. So he's so like this. Yeah, but don't leave. Just sit don't, tight. Just just hang out and demand wages from these people who have been abusing you for generations. And, and probably have all the power to be like, your wage is nothing. Oh Get back God. to fucking work. Yeah, exactly. I'm paying oh. you nothing. Right. <laughs> Um, and then they are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts. So, like, don't come to us for help. Oh. So, like, if these people are still abusing you and treating you as slaves, don't come to the military because police weren't a thing yet. Um, and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So... <laughs> don't try to be a lazy fuck either. Like, do not take a break. So it's like, yes, you're free. Wow. You're free to stay exactly where the fuck you are. Exactly. Right. So you can kind of imagine at this period in time. And this is what we're celebrating on Juneteenth? (laughs) So (laughs) it's not quite the party you were hoping for. Yeah, it's not exactly. Um, Well, it's not for us to decide how or when to celebrate Juneteenth. 
because really it's like a it's like a holiday that still does honor the ending technically of slavery. Okay. Through this order, the order's kind of fucked up, especially like all of these racist undertones that right. are in it like well, now we think you're going to be lazy, so don't try to do that. And, you know... Part of the law. You're yeah. free. <laughs> don't be lazy, fuckers. Yeah, we'll it's, send you right back. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a little bit of a fucked up thing. But I think for a lot of people, it was very celebratory. They were like, fuck yeah, this is what we've been wanting for so long, and now we finally have it. And even this proclamation is better than being a slave. Yeah, I mean, at least at that point, you could say, all right, well, if you don't pay me, I'm going to go next door... Right. Because I have freedom of movement right. still. Yeah, that's true. My presumption is less like breaking up of families and mm-hmm. that kind of horrible shit too. But geez, you mentioned that there were no police yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole other story. Right. The f- history of the police. So I presume that if I'm a landowner who now suddenly has to start paying these people to work, that I would also start charging them for the place they're living. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, I assume that is something that people started doing, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely going to be a part of the equation for sure, that they're going to be like, okay, well, you know, here's your rent and everything else. I Um, mean, it's hard to like, it's hard to make money when the person paying you is also deciding how much you should be charged for everything. Right. Right. And I assume that when the police came in, they were on the side of the slaves, too, or the former (laughs) slaves. They were not there to help the landowners at all, right? Mm. That is sarcasm. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Humor of the week. We also have to remember. (laughs) (laughs) We also have to remember that despite the Emancipation Proclamation and despite this general order number three, like slavery is technically still not outlawed. And that's right. not even a constitutional amendment until December of 1865. So mm. then there's this weird six-month period. So you have to imagine these people were so fucking against recognizing their livestock, quote-unquote livestock, as humans, mm-hmm. that they were willing to go to war about it. So you can imagine that they were probably pretty pissed. Yeah. We also have to imagine enforcement. Like, they just mm-hmm. told... The formerly enslaved people don't show up asking us for help. Right. So, like, the whole thing, I think, was probably a real shit show. So then, like, there's the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery. Okay, so those border states still had slaves until the 13th Amendment. Exactly. Okay. They were still allowed to have slaves until the 13th That's Amendment. That's just so shocking to me that the southern states were told to give up slavery and the border states weren't. For mm-hmm. sa- I, like, I, I didn't realize that. That's yeah. crazy. I was floored when i read that yeah so like jamar tisby touches on that in the past the mic and i was like wait what (laughs) when he's talking about i'm like i know that you're a historian and you probably know what you're talking about but i'm gonna have to fact check you (laughs) 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 because i think it's important to always be fact checking and so i went and i fact check him and i mean the the historian who's been studying black history and is also a black man somehow knew more about black history than me i got it right yeah no that was also sarcasm um wow but it was just so different than what i've ever been taught yeah it was pretty appalling yeah there were some issues with the 13th amendment too still are but Mm -hmm. i don't know if we're touching on that oh well we'll touch on it a little bit it it Abolish slavery and involuntary servitude except for if you've been committed of a crime 
which we all which we know i oh, shouldn't boy. say we all know but at least steph and i are somewhat aware i'm sure that that also led to so many other issues of well now we're going to charge black people with crimes and make them our slaves right. and it's then like the police thing came for free labor mm-hmm. yeah um but there was like a little period in time where things were good during the um Tell us. Tell us what this period of time was when it was things were good. Actually, <laughs> very short period of time. The, during the Reconstruction period, which mm. only lasted like 10 minutes. or It was about 10 <laughs> minutes, about 10 years after the Civil War. So, yeah, there was the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. Then there's the 14th Amendment, which gave citizenship and equal protection of the laws for all people, including formerly enslaved people. And the 15th Amendment, which prohibits discrimination in voting rights of citizens on the basis of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Mm. Just males. It was only the men. Yeah, it was like women didn't Only the men. Sorry, us yet. women were still not considered. We just assume the whole Constitution only applies to men. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, unfortunately. Well, if you cared so much, you wouldn't me, have had a vagina. Don't let me go down this <laughs> path. I'm not going down this path right now. Um, of... The Constitution at the moment. Yeah. 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 Anyways, so obviously sounds great. Black people were then getting positions of power. They were getting voted into lawmaking and they were starting businesses and they were starting to do things with their lives. Mm. And then a lot of white men were pissed. So then like all the Southern white men and who knows, probably some Northern white men. So white, a bunch of white people were pissed. And so this started the whole Jim Crow and all of these laws being passed and segregation and separate but equal. And Mm -hmm. um, it just became a real shit show. And I just find it to be really upsetting because these formerly enslaved people have finally gained this freedom and equality that so many people have worked so hard for and then really made a lot of progress over, you know, the course of 10 years or whatever the exact amount of time was. Started businesses. Yeah. And you just communities. I mean, you just think about what a different position black Americans could be in nowadays had they been able to continue on that trajectory mm-hmm. from that time period. And so... Uh, instead, it feels like everything was really set back a lot. And it seems like, I mean, there has been progress. You know, we're kind of in like almost a, a second civil rights era. But yeah, it's just really disappointing, like, that that couldn't have been allowed to continue and how like much better and different the fabric of our country could even be. Right. I presume there was just like a lot of compromising done in order to bring the southern states back in. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand how things were going so well for 10 years and then and then a bunch of laws were passed to make it harder again. Like, I feel like that's kind of what ends up, I almost feel a little bit like that's just like par for the course in this country. It feels like things get start getting better or things start hmm. changing and then a bunch of people get really pissed about it and they're like, no, I like the old way better. Right. And then things go backwards and then people like, fight against it to go forwards again and people fight to bring it back it's just like the pendulum swings man it's just so exhausting to look at it's like can we just like can can we just let people have fucking rights and can we just let people be 
You know what I mean? Like, why? That's all because, I'll tell you why. It's because that same group of people that were in power, enjoyed the benefits of being in power, see their neighbors, now new neighbors, and they're like, hey, like, I'm okay with you existing or whatever. Sometimes they're not. But they're like, I don't want you to do better than me. Like... (laughs) It's not pie. Right. It's yeah, exactly. for everyone. <laughs> if we all do better, isn't that better for everyone? And they freak out. And they're like, they're eating my pie. It's like, but <laughs> right? it's like not even the case. I think that uh... people just fucking suck. And <laughs> that's it. So I don't really know. But it has been progress. I'm glad that there's a holiday now. Because racism is now officially over, right? Well, that's funny that you say that because uh, this brings me to what racism has ended too. It ended. It ended in I think nineteen like sixty eight or something with the passage of the Civil Rights Act. At least that's what I learned in school. There's no more racism. No more racism. It's all done. And now there's like a holiday to celebrate that there's no more racism. Which beer should we drink? Is it Budweiser? (laughs) Budweiser, as far as I can tell, has not gotten in on the action, but I think Target and some of them have started. Walmart, maybe, um, have started the the corporate takeover Mm. of Juneteenth (laughs) has begun. Well, that brings up a good point. So Jamar Tisby says he made three points of why it should be a national holiday. He believes it's one of the most important events in U.S. history. I believe that too. Absolutely. The ending of slavery. Huge. Official ending of slavery. Yes. Well, Juneteenth isn't technically the official, but yes, it's the (laughs) official. Yeah. Second reason it should be a national holiday. So he wrote this article um, back before it was a national holiday. It's an opportunity to celebrate progress. Love that. Love that. It's also an opportunity to reflect on how far we have to go. Mm. So I think that's also really important. Yes. For sure. Mm -hmm. But now that it is a national holiday, he now has a few, like, hesitations or nervousness about it, Mm. which I think are also very important. Uh, First thing that makes him hesitant is that, and I'm quoting him because I thought he made some really good points, too, and I don't really have anything else to add to them. And I don't have any, there's no way to make these my own. So I'm just going to quote him or summarize him. That when now that it's a holiday, it may lose its focus on black Americans. So when we're talking about beer, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I yep. think that's a really valid concern is that it's going to become corporatized or it's going to become like white people just being like, let's celebrate this day off or whatever. Right. Which I don't I don't know. Sombreros and shit like for. Right. That it may become. Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah kind of a bastardized version of what the true meaning is, mm-hmm. which really does tend to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, the, it gives a, that people now take on a superficial view of history, which I also think is really valid because you see that happen already with like, once something becomes a holiday, that day now is just a holiday. It like loses some of that historical, um, yeah, I can see that. So it's like, all right, Juneteenth, you know, uh, all right. Ra- day yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. No mail today. Uh, slavery has ended. Cool. Right. All right. No day. I mean, how many people think about freedom from the British when they're celebrating the 4th of July? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, I don't, I've, I don't recall ever thinking about the British. Yeah. Not a July, you know what I mean? Thought. <laughs> exactly. No. It's about fireworks right. and whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like the last one I think is really imp- important is like that there's an incorrect view of American perfectionism or, Mm. um, you know, like, look at us. 
We did it. We, we fixed did it. it. We fixed we fixed slavery and we fixed racism all in one shot. <laughs> exactly. Look at that. Yeah. There's a holiday to celebrate. Let's go ahead and pat ourselves on the back and get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that those are really But only for a day because you really need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, it started Juneteenth. It started as like a holiday mostly in Texas. And Nett Gordon, who I mentioned earlier, she wrote a book about Juneteenth um, and her experiences growing up as a as a black woman in America. And but so she said the way that her family would celebrate was with barbecues and family and friends and they would drink red pop. And it was just like a really big fun celebration. And they do celebrate it as gaining their independence. Um, it is Black Independence Day for them. Hmm. So Jamar Tisby has some suggestions on how everybody can celebrate. He says, you know, in his view, black people should be a time of celebration and look to how the people in Texas are celebrating and have a really great time and get together with your family and your friends and do a cookout. Um, He says for white people, it might be a little off color to have a big celebration considering white people were the oppressors in this situation. So he says, and I agree also again, that it's just a really great time for reflection Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a time white people can think about this and think about, you know, how to continue to help black Americans and how to be a force for good and to be an ally to talk about Juneteenth, to you know, challenge racist ideologies and to, yeah, just reflect on the history of the United States and how white people were a part of that problem and how to help not be a part of the problem. And so so kind of like with what we're doing with our coffee, you know, where we wanted to support a, a black-owned business. That was another suggestion he made, made yeah. like go support a black-owned business on Juneteenth. It's like the ending of slavery really does benefit all of us because we become a better and more just country when we're not enslaving people. Yes. Yeah. It's certainly definitely not something that I would want to live knowing is happening nearby in my country. Mm -hmm. That like I might drive through a state and fucking see slaves working on the side of the like road in the fields. I mean, it's horrifying. Which you can still see. Yeah, through jail. Yep. Yeah, chain gangs. Yep. Yeah. So let's not celebrate too much, but, you know, yeah. It's reflecting and working towards a better future is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. 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 Um, so talk to me about this coffee company. Yeah. So uh, Bean Fruit is a black-owned coffee roaster. He is in Mississippi, one of the very few specialty coffee roasters in the whole state of Mississippi, mm. in fact. I was really excited to... When I started looking into this, okay, first of all, he won a Good Food Award. Oh. 2015. His name is Paul Bonds. Me likey. He's just outside of Jackson. Paul Bonds, he um, grew up, he was like not really that into coffee. He thought that he hated coffee, in fact. So he grew up on like taster's choice in his Mm. house. He said that in his area, Folgers was like classing it up. Mm. And so, rightfully so, he thought he hated coffee. And then just started, like, kind of getting into stuff in 2008. He um, he did it. He went to a cupping. And guess what he tried? In Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yirgacheff. Nice. Just like Marcus. And had it's his... the gateway drug. Uh-huh. <laughs> coffee roasting. Mind blown. Had no idea that coffee could taste this good. Mm-hmm. And awesome. so he became like kind of obsessed and like really went down a rabbit hole. 
same thing started roasting at home this his story is so much like yours marcus it's so cute i just love it so much so he started roasting at home he's like roasting on a pan in his oven which is not you but um he upgraded to a more. got it then wait what's a more? Uh, it's like um it's like a little toaster oven looking coffee roaster so it okay. has like a rotisserie drum on the inside it's it looks like a toaster oven somebody modified a chicken rotisserie oven to roast coffee basically okay yeah it's pretty funny um i think to me knowing what i know about chaff and chaff fires now like i think it's a fire hazard (laughs) huge fire hazard (laughs) huge um but in our days of the be more in the kitchen i did not know anything about chaff fires yet (laughs) um or how terrifying that could be anyways um so anyways, he, you know, he's doing it and he's got friends and he's got family who are interested in what he's doing. And they're like, yeah, man, you're doing some really good stuff with coffee. And so he uh, was, you know, he had a friend who encouraged him, like, why don't you change this from a hobby to a business? So guess what he did? He went and found himself a little Ambex. Aww. You should see this picture of him. Look, he's sitting in front oh of my, my gosh, yellow. That looks exactly like our. I know. I'm so excited restaurant. about it. Look at this. That's awesome. He has his first. I, I think this is his first one because it doesn't look like a 10 kilo. His second one was a 10 kilo. It oh, looks man. so little. It's wow. so cute. I know. Yeah, so it's he like started. A toy. Yeah, he started <laughs> off in like a a two kilogram. Ambex. Oh, it started even smaller. So yeah. that's like five pounds, right? Uh huh. Wow. It's like a little guy. And so he started off that. He was just roasting actually in his house. And then, yeah, his business just started taking off. He won a Good Food Award in 2015. He got to go to San Francisco, which is a a sad moment that we did not get to. Mm. But um, goes out there. He gets to, like, say, uh, talk about the specialty coffee industry on stage. He said it was, like, you know, in this experience, he kind of felt a little bit some imposter syndrome because he's up there with, like, the owner of Blue Bottle, like talking about the specialty <laughs> coffee industry. He started right. in, I think, 2010. So, you know, he'd only been roasting for like five years. But yeah, he said like the the Good Food Award really helped kick off a lot for him. Like originally he started was kind of like doing farmer's markets, stuff like that. Got his first wholesale account, got his first little grocery store account, and then just started, you know, there's not a lot of competition in Mississippi for specialty coffee. So he was kind of a pioneer um, in the state. And then, yeah, the the Good Food Award kind of kicked stuff off for him. Nationally, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's a company called Go Coffee Go that he met at the um, at the Good Food Awards. I don't know what that is. It's just like an online, like, it's like an online aggregator of coffees. And so that helped him get national and get national recognition. Now, I mean, this guy's fucking killing it. I was like looking at his Instagram. It looks like he, I, I saw some, I read something that he's, um, he upgraded to like a 10 kilo um, Ambex. And then I was looking through pictures. It looks like he has a U.S. roaster core. Hmm. And then he has a Mill City now mm. roaster. Um, I also saw that he had a band sealer. So they, uh, yeah, so he has a couple of bigger roasters. I saw a picture. He has a band sealer going, which I would love to have. Mm -hmm. He sells at target.com, sells locally in Whole Foods at least. Um, so he's really doing a great job now and he's really built up his business. He has a single origin coffee focus because he really cares about the origin and the origin story. Bringing awareness, the flavors. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. flavors. Although what we have is a blend, um, mm. 
So yeah, that now he's just kind of killing it, which is cool. It's really great to see. I feel like his story is so similar to yours, Marcus, down to like the Ethiopia Yirgachev. Tastes like purple, man. That's all it, it takes. One purple coffee, and then you're like, I need this in my life. And mm-hmm. then when you can't get it anymore, you're like a coffee junkie. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to throw away my corporate career because I like coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what he did. He threw away his corporate career. There he you was... go. Fucking called it. Yeah. yeah. He, was like, he was working in like aerospace or something. Oh. Manufacturing. Aerospace manufacturing. Anyway, so yeah, gave up his job and yeah, now he's just killing it. I think he also won a Good Food Award in 2017 also. So mm. he's a two-peat. Two-peat two two winner. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You got some catching up to do, Marcus. It was easier back then. There was less competition. <laughs> Stop. Um, what was the term you just used? The purple. Oh, that's oh, funny. You know, that's an inside joke between me and Jenny. Oh, okay. Oh, we got, wait, market, we can guy, let you guys in. Yeah, we'll, we'll let, let you guys, guys in. Yeah. So at the farmers market, the the very first one that that Jenny keeps talking about, how I got hooked on this like specialty coffee. He was like, "Oh man, this coffee tastes like purple, man." And that was like his flavor description of the Ethiopian Sadamo coffee that I fell in love with. Oh, it wasn't Yurgachev? I mean, Sadamo, Yurgachev, it's all the same. Oh, I mean, okay. it's a pretty similar region, regionally. Okay, so you bought coffee from a guy who was tripping on acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he had the hair, you know, long hippie hair. And was like, it tastes like purple, man. Awesome. And that's how he would talk. Right. Yeah. So now we occasionally will make a joke uh-huh. internally uh-huh. about tasting like purple. And Marcus, every single week at the farmer's market, would make a beeline for Scott and talk him talk to him for an hour at least <laughs> every single Saturday about coffee. Marcus was fascinated after tastes like purple coffee. And when Marcus couldn't get his coffee over the winter, Marcus was like, I got to start doing this myself. Oh. There's an in-between there is that I found his website and because I was trying to like reach him and get in touch with him and buy it. He had no contact me, but he had one video about how he modified a popcorn popper to roast coffee Ah. and where he got the green beans from, which was Sweet Maria's in case anybody else is, you know, look, they're still around. And yeah, so I was like, modified popcorn popper. I can do that. And Sweet Maria's, I can do that. And so I was like, all right, cool. I can do this. You know, figure it out. And there we go. And then that started. started you and Paul Bonds, yeah. exactly the same. Start. Down to the yellow Ambex. I know. Love that. I mean, slightly different size, but come on now. I know. That's so cool. Yeah. So apparently in Mississippi, though, you can roast coffee out of your house. In Brookfield, Illinois, you can roast. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it's great. I think it's a really cool story, and I love that. I love I love his origin story, and yeah. I love like what yeah. he's doing. And um, talk to us about the coffee that you picked out. Which one is this? Why don't you talk to me about it? You're the coffee expert here. I bought a blend. I think it's a Costa Rican and what blend? Let's see. Crimson Stamp. That's the name of the blend. It's a signature blend. Yeah, that's why I bought it. And Terrazu, Tenango, Costa Rica, and Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah. So a nice little uh, Central American blend. I think that those are some good regions. I think it'll make a really tasty coffee. He's really into, yeah, celebrating origins, celebrating the beans. Also on his website, there's like a guide to terminology, which is cool. So he's also into education and teaching people more. To me, it just his whole vibe seems really approachable and really like, like for the love of coffee. And like, you know, there's no snobbery there. He's I just like a really cool guy. I would really love to try his lighter 
African coffees. So next time. Look, you know what? Like, this doesn't have to be the only coffee we buy yeah. from him. So yeah, I think it's really cool. I love it. I'm really excited to try it. Yeah. It's like your kindred spirit. But I do want to say that while I was looking at their Instagram, mighty jealous of their band sealer, I decided to look at their bag and admire. I know, you said it like three times yeah, in this I know. episode. It's like a hint, hint. You still haven't like acknowledged. But I was noticing their seal to like admire their mm-hmm. beautiful band sealing. Mm-hmm. And look at that. They're using a foot pedal seal just like us. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah. One definitely that was one was foot, foot pedaled. Uh, Even with the little dots. Um, Marcus and Jenny, to explain to the rest of you, have been promising me a band sealer ever since we got this big order. Um, so anyways, yeah, I'm really excited. Let's, uh, you want to cut that open, Marcus? Yeah, let's we smell the yeah. scissors here. Absolutely. The olfactory reveal. Do you have them scissors? Oh, here's the scissors. <laughs> okay, so that, Marcus opened up the bag, and I can smell it across the room, which is great. Oh, it smells really good. Yeah. Some of these beans are tiny. Which country are the teeny tiny beans from? I don't know. I would guess Guatemala. But oh that's just gosh. a guess. They could be from. It smells really one. good. It does smell good. It smells great. Creamy. It looks good. It looks pretty light. Does it even have like a color level? It doesn't even have a color level. This could. Mmm, smells really good. Mm-hmm. I like the name too, Bean Fruit. It's yeah, good. so he said that he really wanted to like honor the fruit of the coffee and like yeah. the coffee plant. Right. Shall we brew some coffee? Okay. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! Did I tell you about the coffee Jason made this morning? Hmm. Can I tell this really quickly? Because yeah. Jenny's already heard it. Um, yeah. Jason made coffee and brought it to me in bed. So sweet. Aww. Tasted terrible. Aww. I was like, what coffee the did you did use? You yeah. Because I had brought home a bag of the, not the new, new dark roast from Mexico, but the yeah. Bugisu or yeah. whatever. Sure. Like I hadn't tasted it yet. Or yeah. maybe I had a cup at work. And I thought that's the bag Ooh. he had opened. Yeah. And it was it was so bad. It was awful. I was like, what the fuck did you brew? And he was like, it was the dark roast that was in the cabinet. Oh no, yeah. For real? There was a there was a bag of coffee in our COVID stash that oh. he had brought up a few weeks ago when we were out of coffee. And it was dated November 2019. Oh my gosh. It was awful. That's so old. <laughs> okay. It All was right. awful. Yeah. I threw it away and I made a new, and the Bugisu is fine. Still totally hit. good. Still yeah. hidden. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. But I was like, oh no, what if this is the coffee that we just sent uh, yeah. 10,000 bags of to Right. No, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. But that's a lesson to be learned mm-hmm. right there. It's like coffee, you know, it's a fresh product. And I always yep. tell people that. I'm like, don't save it for a fest- special occasion. No, don't do that. Just no. Drink it while it's fresh. Yep. It's better. Yeah. It's the best oh my when God. it's fresh. Yeah. All right. So this coffee is brewed. It's not quite done yet. It's dribble- dribbling along. Okay. Wait, just a second. It right. smells good. Ooh, it kind of has a little bit of smell of Bones coffee. I noticed that the the day after oh. we ground it, the Bones like kind of hung out neck grinder a little bit. Uh-oh. 
Yeah, I did get a little whiff of the Bones Cotton Candy Coffee. It's, it really, I, I hope it did not that. get into the flavor. I think we washed this. All right, so we've got this Bean Fruit Coffee Company roasted or brewed. It's hot. It is hot. Super we'll probably hot. have to let it cool a it's little. It's taste. Tastes it burning. smells good, though. It smells very clean. I'm so relieved it doesn't smell like blue raspberry. You scared me. <laughs> I, it was gonna... yeah. I caught a little whiff of blue raspberry, but that could also be because the Bones Coffee Company bag is still on the table. Yeah. It's got some of that toasty, like, cereal grain to it that I like sometimes. So, Very similar roast style to what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sprudge.com had a great article about him. Sprudge even went on a delivery with him. Mm. He also does not have a store or a cafe at their roastery, but same thing gets people who call and want to swing by to pick up a bag of beans. And he, like, drops everything and, like, talks the person's ear off about every single coffee and really gets into detail. And I'm like, who else does this sound like? <laughs> and I guess, yeah, I guess, like, while the, while the Sprudge um, reporter was there, somebody stopped by. You know, they just talked about, talked, him and this guy talked coffee for, like, 10, 15 minutes and sent him on his way. With, a, with like, a cup of, with some coffee and, like, I don't know, like a Chemex or something. Hmm. That was great. That's great. Mm. I'm finally able to drink it. It's finally cool enough to drink. It's really good. It's really good. I don't need to add anything to no. it. No. I considered adding some Oatly when it was hot, but now that it's mm. cooled off, I don't want to. It yeah. is a really tasty coffee. It really is. Yeah. You did a good job. It's very smooth. Do you have any f- notes of your own? Any flavor notes? Any? Well, I want to know what does the roaster think? The roasting professional. That's a good question. Think of the other roaster. <sighs> Oh, my God. That was unnecessary. (laughs) Um, So I got a little bit of toasty, almost like toasted almonds a little bit Mm -hmm. in that. And I get a little bit of the bitterness, too. So I feel like this could potentially be a blend of, like, a darker roast and a lighter roast, potentially. Um, Dark chocolate, baker's chocolate. That's funny. Did you look at the tasting notes? Mm -mm. Okay, go on. Yeah. Why am I right? <laughs> well, it's funny because the tasting notes are chocolate, sweet nut. Yeah. So you had that nutty. Yeah. Balanced yeah. with a mild fruit. I mm. caught the mild fruit. Yeah, I was going to say a little fruitiness to it. Uh, but I really like the body of this, the consistency of it. It feels like a thicker, but also very clean cup of coffee, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love me a clean cup of coffee. It hangs out with you. It's got like, you can sip it and the finish on it is is very long and pronounced, which I like. Good. I think the packaging is really pretty. I like the packaging a lot. Like the logo. Oh, yeah. I like that design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This might be the best cup of coffee I've had today. Yeah? Yeah. That's Uh-oh. cool. <laughs> you know what Steph drank this morning? Well, I accidentally drank a three-year-old <laughs> coffee. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't count. But, oh, this is good. I'm just kidding. It's really good. Yeah. I wish there was more excitement to it that we needed to doll it up for the episode sake. Yeah. Sorry. You know? It's a- I know. It's like there's no excitement. I'll just yeah. read this bag really quickly, though. I mean, yeah. other than, than the fact that it's like a delightful cup of coffee roasted by a delightful, like, guy um, and cool story. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that is perfect, but there's no controversy here. It's like we all love it. It's all good. A great cup of coffee is not an accident. It's a process. Hmm. Just what we were just saying. Yep. A process that we spend countless hours learning and perfecting. We are delighted each time we get an opportunity to share what we've learned with you. 
There you go. That's well, cool. We're delighted that you've shared it. Yeah, it's great. That's and that's my favorite Thanks, word Paul. when it comes to coffee is delight. Uh-huh. Like that's what I try to do. Try and delight the people that are drinking our coffee. And it's pretty evident that this guy is trying to do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's like a good choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Coffee, if you can make something that brings people joy, like that's why I, I do what I do, and I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I don't want to project, but it, it, it tastes like that he's trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's cool. I feel like he's a real, ki- like a real kindred spirit in the coffee industry. I think it's delightful. It's really good. We don't have to put him on our road trip, though, do we? Do we have to go to Mississippi? Jenny <laughs> is ready to go visit this guy. She's like starstruck. She has stars in her eyes. No, I'm not. St- yeah, I'm a little starstruck, although I shouldn't be. But yeah. we've done an episode about him, so now I feel like he's famous. <laughs> I'll, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I met Derek yesterday or whatever the other day. At, 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 oh, from our Royal Cup episode, yeah. you finally got to meet and Derek. Oh, we like met I Derek. Met a yeah. Uh-huh. I really did. I was like, oh, "You're Derek." Hi. I know. You're it's, famous. It's like any time. I know. I felt a little starstruck about Derek too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It's like anytime. It's I, yeah, we do an episode about somebody. They're now they're famous. Hmm. Yep. So next week's episode Star is about Shark. us. Uh, Modest uh, coffee. Are we trying to get famous? We're ready to be famous. Yeah, it's no. about time. Yeah. It's about time we did a Modest Coffee episode what and if we really tried judged it, and it. Fucking hated it. <laughs> Just all of us like, Ugh. No, when the Yeti has us do another flavored coffee, mm. we'll bring it back to our first test episode that never got released. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's probably it, right? Yeah, we're all happy with this. We all approve. Road trip to Mississippi? Uh, I don't think I need to add anything. I would yeah. say the time I went to Mississippi was I was it was pretty scary. I'm just scared of the state. I like I'm, I don't like I mean Jenny, you're afraid of anything an hour outside of Chicago. <laughs> you're not wrong. <sighs> I was worried about driving through the South, but mm-hmm. people were nice to us. But you know. You're white. We're white. Right. Well, I was mostly freaked out because Marcus kept going into every store and talking to them with a southern accent. You were faking a southern accent. Yes, he was faking uh, how a y'all southern accent. <laughs> I'm like I was like starting to get really scared and embarrassed. They're gonna look at our Illinois plates and then like <laughs> shoot him or something. You can live in southern Illinois and have an accent. Yeah. Not this accent. This was definitely <laughs> this was definitely a making fun of people in the South accent mm. to their faces that I didn't feel comfortable what with. What in tarnation are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no ma'am, I would not do that. Okay. <laughs> which which southern state is this accent from? I'm picking up more than one, I I'm, feel like. I'm combining a couple, okay. you know. It's, just a, to, it's a blend. Don't you know. they all sound the same? No. They do not. I'm just all kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's our episode, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everybody, for coming along on this journey to Mississippi. I hope you learned a little something or two about uh, American history that maybe you didn't know. If you want to support us financially and buy, help us buy coffee and uh, support great coffee roasters like bean fruit you can go to patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod where we have bonus episodes you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash no bad reviews pod you can also dress like a cool no bad reviews person by going to the store tab on our website oh i heard did i hear correctly that I finally added some new merch. <gasps> you did? I did. Oh, 
But yeah. the biker shorts didn't have a way to put no bad reviews like right on the butt. So oh. I had to do it on the leg. They mm. could put it on like the waistband, but then I was like, most people wear a longer shirt and would cover it up. You'd have to be wearing like a crop top for that to be visible. Dang, I really wanted it across the butt, and I, know. I wanted all three of us to wear it. And yeah, I had a yeah. big plan to make it my new banner mm-hmm. on Facebook. That's well, a so it's like you when you're designing it, it's like by piece of fabric when they sew it together. Oh, so like I don't know. It just didn't seem like it would work very well, so I just put it on the leg, like the leggings. But you I also didn't put it on the schlong. Nothing on the schlong. Nothing on the Aww. schlong. There's a seam on the schlong. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. They you know, really, they're working against you. I know. If it could have just been like one piece, I don't know. I'll model we'll Figure them. it out. Let's get it. I'll, I'll model it for our Why don't listenership. I just, you know what? Why don't you put on a pair, and I'll just go ahead and write on it with a sharpie. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, I would enjoy that. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, yeah. And I also added tank tops. Ooh. There's a cute little crop sweatshirt. Oh. For, you know, the ladies or the men, whoever uh-huh. wants to wear a crop uh-huh. hoodie. And I think that's it. I think that's all I added. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a birthday promotion for our Patreons, oh, right? And we that's have coming a up. birthday coming up. So this is a great time to join the Patreon if you want the birthday gift. Oh, yes. That's right. That so if you're at our highest Patreon tier, you, three times a year, because there's three of us that have birthdays, you get a special birthday gift from one of us. So this, Marcus's birthday is coming up at the end of July. Yep. So he's going to go ahead and choose a birthday gift that we mm-hmm. don't know what it is yet. Oh, I already know what it is, but... Marcus says sunglasses. No, not just any. It's hand-selected <laughs> sunglasses by me. All right. Marcus will pick you out a pair of sunglasses and send them to you. So that's our highest Patreon tier. And then next will be me, but my birthday's the day after Marcus's. So I'll be picking something out at Christmas time or holiday time, whatever you're celebrating in December. It'll be a solstice gift. That's nice. Yeah, everybody yeah. celebrates the solstice. You can't not get away from the days getting longer. That's true. It's going to happen whether you believe in it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Just like critical race theory. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's our store tab. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you feel free to do so. Um, hello and no bad reviews podcast.com. You can send us a coffee story if something, I don't know. Were you a barista? Do you have a crazy coffee story? Did you meet the love of your life at a coffee shop? So we're here for your your lovely stories. Also, coffee suggestions. We just received one recently for coffee milk, which I guess is a Rhode Island specialty. Mm. They're doing all sorts of stuff in New England that I have no idea about. Well. Uh, also, I think that's probably it. Rate us. We told you that at the beginning, but we'll still take your ratings and your reviews yeah. and your recommendations yeah. to your friends. Cool. I think that's it, right? All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. 
Enjoy.